Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Excuse my hoarse voice, I just got off of... Uh, Finishing a production for a collaboration. Collaboration Star was this past weekend. So I'm a little tired, but I'm here. I'm alive. We survived. It was a success. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this is my tired voice. Uh, this week's episode, I am excited because I've been wanting to talk about love languages for quite a while. It's come up here and there in different dating episodes, but this one is where I bring in Kenji, my boyfriend, to talk about our love languages, and uh, we get way into the weeds, y'all. You got you get to further understand our dynamic and the things that we're learning from each other and how we're growing as, as individuals and as a couple. Because um, y'all know I can talk about dating for days. Love and romance uh, is endlessly fascinating. It's super frustrating. It's annoying, and it's soul-sucking, and it's inspiring, and it's all of the above. So uh, I could talk about forever and a day, and I'm really happy to— share this part of my life with all of you as I continue to learn and process and grow because I've changed so, so much as an adult, honestly, in the last handful of years, but definitely over the last, you know, couple decades, I've been dealing with boys and with men. Uh, it's been quite the learning process. So hopefully you walk away entertained and inspired and um, thoughtful about what your love language is, how you give and receive love and how you your partner gives and receives loves and honestly how this applies to people and relationships outside of the romantic sphere because definitely this this idea of love language is is pretty applicable to anybody whether that's your family or your friends or coworkers or your or boss not that you're like in a romantic relationship but everyone kind of they just communicate differently so it's helpful to have a framework to do that in so I hope you enjoy that. Um, and I also want to say I did uh, record this episode last week. So at the end, I do advertise Collaboration Star at the very end as being on Saturday. It was last Saturday. So I apologize I didn't get together and release it in time um, to give anybody a heads up. If you didn't know, then clearly you're not following my social media and watching my Insta stories because I was definitely plugging it there. Uh, but follow Collaboration and me at Minjeezy or at First of All Pod for more information, sharing events and other things that I'm hosting. Um, but yeah, the bonus episode that I'm going to be releasing this week for the fact that, you know, because I need to make up for the fact that I skipped out actually maybe the last two weeks, which I apologize for. I'm very sorry. Um are learning lessons from that event because I have thrown more events. I produced more live events than I can count at this point for the last, honestly, since high school. It's been a very long time. I've been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, but this was honestly one of the hardest, most disastrous. It was like a successful disaster, but it was one of the most difficult, challenging, stressful, ridiculous, like two weeks of my life. And that didn't stop even during the show, like on the day of things were just insane. And so because it was so <laughs> ridiculous, I felt 
it's important to recap on that and think about it and share and analyze um because those are the those are the turning points honestly they 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 could be really good or they could be really bad but honestly the really bad moments are really educational and i think that there are things i learned from that that i think can apply to anybody whether you're in live event production or the entertainment industry or just life um and thinking about you as a person as a leader as i know just a human being with responsibilities I I just want to talk about it. So that is the bonus episode that will be coming out later this week. Keep an ear out for that. But without further ado, I hope that you enjoyed this episode on Love Languages featuring my boyfriend, Kenji Sukamoto, and me. Enjoy. I'm tired of a Hello. Hi. Oh, I thought you were saying hi to your audience. Hello. Hi. You're like looking at my computer like I'm not talking to you. How's it going? Good. Good. How's your tea? Are you happy? That the table. Yeah, but we we delayed recording so that you could have your tea. It's delicious. Shout out to Boba guys. Thank you, Andrew, for letting Minji test your recipe. It's the best gift you could ever have given Kenji. Well, no, I, that'll be when I get the book. Yes. I'll buy it. Okay. I cannot wait. Is that you hinting at me to buy you the book? No, book? I'll get the book. <laughs> There's going to be recipes in it. Yes. They're good. Um, this episode is brought to you by Boba I know, Guys. I was about to say, you read my mind. I was like, so we're sponsored. <laughs> no. Unofficially, but Anyways. not sponsored by Boba Guys. So... Let's talk about our relationship, shall we? I've been meaning to have you back on to check in with you. I sometimes feel like our our podcast conversations are the most insightful of like how we're doing than in regular life. What do you, What do you mean? Like we talk about deeper things that we don't say on a regular basis because we're just handling life and going about our our work and blah 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 not sitting around talking about our feelings all the time well i am a lot of times when i'm whatever every morning you tell me about your dreams and you deep dive into your feelings (laughs) so hey my subconscious is a lot to handle (laughs) i need a place to unload how does that go can i ask first first of all how is that dealing with my dreams every morning it's okay it's okay some some dreams are more interesting than others but like, huh? Like the really graphic ones. <laughs> that just makes it sound. I'm not implying that it's dirty. I'm just saying, like, there's violent ones. Like, my brain has yeah. been going crazy lately. I don't know. I don't read too much into dreams mm. at all. That's I how don't. you and I are different. Yeah. Like, after taking AP Psych with Miss Coburn, I was like, hmm, no. What do you think it is, though? How do you interpret... So your non-interpretation of dreams is that it's just random nonsense? Yeah. Yep. You've had dreams that you talk to me about that are pretty... Like they- yeah, like it's just interesting. I'm like, oh, I just experienced this while I was asleep. Cool. And if it's something great, it doesn't bring forth great things, like... Not that it's like a premonition. Yeah, I don't. But I in think terms it's of like a, a cool experience, but I don't let it dictate. Like, it doesn't affect my mood more than maybe 20, 30 seconds after I wake up. Interesting. Like, I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I made an idiot of myself interviewing so and so. 
And I'm like, oh, oh that was, that was a, yeah, that was last night. Can and you I was like, that he interviewed Joe Rogan and he didn't know who Joe Rogan was, which is totally wrong because the real life Kenji. Yeah, is until a huge until fan. the interview wrapped, his publicist was like, "We're leaving," and I was like, "Okay." And then I, and I turned to someone, I was like, "Who is that?" And they're like, "Joe Rogan." And I was like, "What? How did I? What?" Yeah. Um, but I went in very ill prepared, and then I woke up and I was like, "Man, I just blew my shot at interviewing Joe Rogan," and then. And it's like, oh, it's just a dream. That's fine. It doesn't matter. So you don't take anything away from that? Like, oh, no, they, it's I know a reminder it, to be better prepared for the next big thing. No, because I'm always super prepared when it comes to interviews. Okay. So I'm not. I was so like, that was interesting. Is, Kenji's not affected by dreams. I'm heavily affected by dreams. I know. But like, and that's the interesting part because your dreams are always like such a downer. So every morning when you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start off every morning like in a very serious, like, oh no, kind of mind space. Well, lately. Well, no. Not all of them. There are always good parts to my dream. I was telling you this but morning. you only tell me, like, the negative Lies. Things. See, that's, you're not listening because you're on your phone the whole time. This is very no. revealing. But I was telling you about the snow part. That part was really lovely. But you didn't say it was lovely. You were just like, I had to dust myself with snow. You didn't say, like, it was amazing. It was just, like, I had to do this. And then, blah, 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 blah. See, but then... But you never go off into, like, how things were amazing. It was, like, this happened. And then, oh, my gosh, this, this, this happened. And this happened. And now I was stressed because this no, happened. No, I think there's an imbalance. Happened. I do say things... I think this is how Kenji and I interpret things differently because I, I'm, I'm an actor. So I care very much about the delivery of how things are said. Like, when I'm saying, I was dusted with snow... The tone see, of my voice indicates that that was a positive. Experience. No, because I just think that I take that as neutral because you being dusted with snow. That I was making like a snow angel movement, and I was like, it was that like indicates it was lovely. I was smiling when I was saying it. That's the difference. You weren't me. smiling when you said it. Compared to the other stuff, yeah, I was. <laughs> but you weren't smiling because I think you were already thinking about what was happening next. So you had this like serious look on my yeah. face. So then I didn't take that as like a good thing. I was like, oh, I wonder what that's supposed to mean. And then I'm like, <laughs> I honestly don't even care what that's supposed to mean because, because I don't read any. Care yeah. about dreams. I don't care about See, dreams. This is this is where As much as I like don't care about tarot card readings or I don't care about if Mercury's in retrograde. I don't care about any of those things. See, so then how do you interpret it that I don't I don't place like I've, I'm a pretty practical person, but there's a side of me that is very spiritual and that's very, like, I believe in energy and forces and, and the universe and things like that. Like, that's a huge part of... And yet you've never watched Star Wars. I have watched oh, Star Wars. Oh, you watched Star Wars? You don't even know me! Oh, I thought you hadn't seen Star <laughs> yes, Wars. Yes, I have. Which ones? I skimmed through the bad ones. Everything Which with ones Hayden are Christensen. <laughs> he is an abomination. I'm sorry. He seems like a lovely... I'm sure he's... So you've but- seen which ones? I don't know all the names, like the old ones with, what's his name? Harrison Ford? Episode four, five, and six. I don't even know all the names. There's so many. How is a person supposed to keep up with, like, whatever? There's, like, The Force Awakens, and there's da 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 Well, those ones are garbage. There's only three good Star Wars, and they were four, five, okay. and six. You can catalog them for me. I've watched the vast majority <laughs> okay. of Star Wars. Anyways. And I've skimmed through Hayden Christensen because why is he paid to be an actor? I'm sorry, know, as a defender Natalie, of my craft. Natalie Portman was in it, so it kind of balanced out the force. You can't do that. <laughs> it's, the, it's, on, it's on brand. <laughs> no. Anyway, 
See, but I believe I believe in the force. Like I believe in stuff uh, like that. I believe in things that are that are supernatural. Like there's a big part of me that's very woo-woo and spiritual. And you don't believe in it at all, really. You're very like practical and very like this is this and that is that and this is what I see and the data says this and otherwise there's No, but I believe in some things in terms of like having grown up super, super religious. I think I have my faith in what I believe in terms of inspiration or guidance. But I do not believe that the way the planets are aligned are going to wreck my month. My interpretation is like a mix of the spiritual with the practical. With the whole planets aligning thing, I feel mm-hmm. like if there's enough people who believe that that wrecks their, their and they, things start to go crazy. Yeah, so then it's a self-fulfilling... Kind of. Yeah. But I think that there is an impact in fundamental objective observation. You could say, yeah, the planets being misaligned does create some kind of havoc. Whether that's people like self-fulfilling it, like they're inducing it because their own belief yeah, is creating... Yeah, then the planets aren't misaligned. The people are misaligned and they're just attributing it to well, planets. Then you phrase it differently saying when the planets are misaligned, things go weird. I think that's... Yeah, but in reality, it's just people are misaligned within their culture and communities and things go weird. That is your interpretation. Like that's I like leave it to a people bit thinking of- that when there were lunar eclipses or solar eclipses, like bad omen, and people making predictions, or you know, Western civilization understanding planetary alignments better, using those tools to sh- to create dominance or show power over the new world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people believe that it was an omen; it was a bad mark on them, or that they believe that the white man had higher power understanding because of this or had prophesying powers because they had better understanding of astrology and planetary movements. But I'm very curious as, as, as the roots of that belief system, but I don't know enough. I haven't researched enough to say, yeah, but I think on a like physical level, I'm thinking my dad now, like physics wise, There are things that happen when the moon is full, the tides change. There's physical effects that it has on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I do think that to me, I think very big in that way. And so I don't it's not outside the realm of possibility that it does have an effect on our moods and like our how things go, because there are physical impacts. Those things are proven. So anyway, Mm -hmm. There's just multiple ways. This is like the relationship I've had with you is learning how you think and how I think and how they coexist or clash sometimes has been a fascinating experience. <laughs> this is my podcast where I make make the best. I'm positive and making euphemisms. No, but I do on it even when we're fighting even when we were like crying when i'm crying you're not crying i'm crying we, we are crying when we i'm speaking in the very large third person we that would only happen if we were watching like remember the titans or something yes that is a good movie but when i'm crying and even when i'm upset or like we're having a rough patch i still appreciate that i can say that with certainty that like i've learned a lot from being around you or like having to defend myself sometimes <laughs> or a lot because yeah. you're very sometimes when I'm in a bad mood I'm like saying you're cross-examining me uh-huh. but you're also just a very I just want to know why you believe the things that you do and if you can't explain why you do then why do you believe that 
It's yeah. important for people to think through their thoughts and feelings. Yeah. I agree. I also think that... But I also sometimes don't do that. So I appreciate it when you cross-examine me. When you throw it back in my face, I'm like, oh, great. I do. It makes me think. And you like that. And I'm I like, do. I'm upset. And I'm like, why are we having this debate? I just want to eat dinner. And- it's not a debate. It's a conversation that's mentally taxing and challenging. <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's great. I like that about you. When you like come back at me and like, well, why do you think this? Or you said this, but you did this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. I'm sorry. False. Yeah, I, I don't doubt I do. that you appreciate it, but your response is not that neutral. No, Because you not. get very defensive. And for me... For like, sure. Well, defensive sometimes. Sometimes I'm just wrong, and then I'll say that I was wrong, and I'm sorry. It takes a while sometimes for you to Because I have to, to think to it through. You have to hear me repeat it, like, multiple times. Case in point, our car ride <laughs> the other day. I don't understand. What? Right after Thanksgiving... We had an almost fight that didn't become a fight, but it was me being upset and trying my very best. I didn't try. I did my very best to convey to you why. Oh yeah, I wasn't. And okay I wasn't. With but I also had just woken up, and a bunch of stuff was happening. See, all of these things that would not fly with you. No, I would be understanding. I would still be upset. If something happened, but right. So yeah. then, what is the point of that understanding if it still results in the same reaction and the same like? Well, I get it, but I still. I just be. Sucks t- I just not- be like twenty percent less angry. Okay. See, this is how Kenji operates. He has to quantify it in specific data points. No, it's just helpful. a bunch of BS. Twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever. Whatever. But I'm proud. But my my brain wasn't really working that well in that moment. I know. I was still half asleep in the car when we were arguing about it, which is why I probably could care less about arguing about it because I was just like, I'm so tired. But we weren't arguing about it. We're, we weren't at an argument level yet, which is what I want to acknowledge as like a, a plus. And this is the difference between you and me, why I wanted to talk about our relationship because we've already had the fighting episode. We can reiterate that because we have grown as a couple. Yeah, I and think. now we don't even fight. We just talk. <laughs> in that one instance. Aggressively. <laughs> Uh, well, to recap... Actually, well, I don't fight. Minji's fighting with herself while talking to me, and I could just care less. <laughs> anybody else... I is, think everything is just fine. Is banging their head into a wall like I am? No. It can be really maddening when you are genuinely upset about something, and the other person is just not even responding. Like, it's a moot issue. That can be extremely frustrating. I'm, I'm sure. I I just don't know what that feels like. <laughs> Such a butthead. Ugh. Okay, well, so one of the things that I wanted to chat about in our podcast. See, this is already more substantial stuff that we've talked about on on air than, than in regular life. Because when we resolve things, we go back to like cooking together and hugging and like you showing me a random youtube video or like sending me a podcast but i wanted to peel back i do that even when we're fighting i send you stuff when i don't know i send you stuff all the time i know you do when do you do that when we're fighting i I think i do well, I can't take the time to check that right now. We're going to continue with the conversation. One of the things that I wanted to talk about with you was the love languages. Because I thought that's such a... Sometimes when people bring it up, I, there's a tiny part of me that gets a little eye-rolly. But in essence, I think that it's a really good... I think love languages are really important. Do you? I didn't know that you thought it was really important. Yeah, because it, you, you read things. the book. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it's by. 
It's so important. I don't know who wrote it. Well, I read it in like, when was it? It was when I was basically homeless. I was partially living on my friend's extra bed or couch or someone. Ryan King. You're very good memory. Yeah, well, he he's a really great friend. He's a good guy. But um, was it Ryan? <laughs> I think it was Ryan that like lent me this book. Uh huh. What prompted him to give you that book? I don't know. I were think we were through like a rough patch. I think we were both just talking about dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I connected with him because he's also like an artist. He's a musician. He works as uh, at a studio now. Um, but yeah, he like let me borrow this book. I read it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. How long ago was that? Two thousand. 13. So it's been a minute. And you, you you took the quiz right after you read it? Yeah, because it was in the book. Got it. It is by Dr. Gary Chapman. That oh, okay. is the author. So you're talking about the lo- five love languages, the secret to love that lasts. Mm-hmm. And it was so in like, paperback form. Mm, it was a quick read. I actually think I have two copies of it. I might mm. have given another one away. But I, I, I liked it a lot, too, when I read it. Um. And for those of you who don't know the five love languages, let me give you a brief overview. So the five love languages basically means that we all love differently and interpret love differently. So it can generally fall into one of the five categories. And we all possess all five, but some of them outrank the other and are more of our natural love language than the other. So we have acts of service, quality time, physical touch, Gifts, and what's the fifth one? Sorry, I wasn't listening. What were the ones that you mentioned? Of course you wasn't. See, this is like <laughs> quality time. Yep. Acts of service. Yep. Gifts. Yep. Physical touch. Words yep. of affirmation. Yeah, there you go. Words of affirmation, yeah. So, again, as human beings, we all have, we, we possess all of these love languages. Again, but some of them are more dominant than others. You can take a quiz in the book. Um, so there's like the official one that Dr. Gary Chapman uh, created. And then there's a ton of all these other offshoot tests and quizzes that like answer that in five questions. Some of them take 30, but you fill out questionnaires and you kind of figure out. Um, it's like the Myers-Briggs thing. Exactly. What is your love language? And so one of the main concepts that I really liked in reading that and thinking about it a lot was the fact that, okay, yeah, this is like another part of my personality or my natural tendency that... This is a language that I speak and that when you love somebody, you care about them. It's not necessarily kind of the Disney version of like everything's perfect and it's magical and it just works automatically without any effort whatsoever. It was really the idea that when you love somebody, you make... Wait, what Disney movies like that? Well, things just happen miraculously in Disney. Kind of, but like... The prince just finds them and... Yeah, but think of all the hardships that Ariel went through. Or that Aladdin went through. Mm-hmm. Aladdin had to go find a lamp, work with the genie, defeat Jafar. That's his personal journey. I'm talking about yeah. with Jasmine. With Jasmine, it's like she's gorgeous and she's my princess. Uh, she had to sneak out of the palace. Again, that's her journey. <laughs> yeah, but she didn't do it. nothing. She Yeah. She went through her. She went through her acts of service <laughs> to spend quality time with Aladdin. <laughs> Yeah. This is us applying the five love languages to Disney movies. But in general, kind of the fairy tale version is 
again, very high level, speaking big, which Kenji does not like, but whatever. Speaking largely, there's a lot of these What do you mean, but whatever? (laughs) For the sake of time, I'm going to keep moving forward. A lot of these rom-com or like old school i feel like rom-coms are a lot more complex now but like old school notions of love is that they were complex back then too when harry met sally complex the best rom-com yeah old school yes even though it was only like a couple decades ago refuting me all the time i'm talking blanket (laughs) terms but largely there's big there's depictions big depictions i don't what am i saying stop interrupting me (laughs) that there are these depictions of love that everything's easy and that it's just cosmic and that you find your perfect match and everything's great bada bing bada boom which i don't think most people are delusional enough to really believe consciously in 2019 moving into 2020 but i think there's been a lot of this programming a lot of these depictions that have fed us subconsciously to desire that um But what I liked about the book and what I liked about the whole concept was you learn each other's love languages and you make a conscious choice and effort to speak that language in order to best love that person. So it's not singularly about you and it's not only about your love language. It is partially about that to learn, but then also to speak it. So when you read the book in 2013, were you moved to like... What did you take away from that? Like, you you learned yours, and we'll reveal our love languages. But what were your key takeaways? Like, what were your big thoughts on it or feelings? Um, I don't know. I'm trying trying to remember what I was thinking. I think since then. I think with the emphasis on dating in the, the culture that I grew up in, they want you to be... They, as in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, wants you to be like a very well-rounded partner in terms of like friendship or courtship or marriage. Um, so I think they do a really good job of teaching you to be aware of different ways to show, I don't know about receiving, but to show love. Um, whether it be through quality time or acts of service or words of affirmation, like all the different ways. I think it's built into the way you interact with others at church or the dating culture, um, platonically and romantically. Mm-hmm. So then when I read that book, I was like, oh, I don't know if any one of these in particular are going to be more valuable in my eyes than the other because a well-balanced, I feel like, relationship should incorporate all of these. And then I took it and I was like, oh, nope, like I definitely value these more than these. Mm. Um, So that was kind of an interesting realization. But also understanding the importance of all the different types um, and how to go about including that in your life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Did you you use that and then like... Because you've dated people since 2013. Did you apply it to those relationships? Did you, like, look at them with a conscious lens of... I think it was more... What's her love language? I think it was more looking back at relationships I had had prior and realizing different ways the people I had dated had shown their love that I didn't realize because I was focused on the ways that I interpreted mm. care and affection. That's so huge. I'd be like, oh, this person can't do or won't do X, Y, Z. 
And then I'll look back and be like, oh, but they were doing this, this instead. Yeah. yeah. Was there a sense of like... I shouldn't use XYZ because it didn't give me wiggle room to keep going on the second example. <laughs> XYZ, but then they were actually doing ABC. There you go. <laughs> did you feel did you feel regret or did you feel I don't know. I felt I personally felt I had the same experience like when I read it and kind of feel like oh okay, I didn't. sorry I didn't ask. How about you, Minji? How did you feel when you read it? Well, I kind of led with how I felt about it. <laughs> so I was including you in that. But thank you for asking, honey. Yeah, no problem. Um Yeah, well when I reexamined the past relationships, I definitely uh-huh. felt some guilt. But there's nothing you can do about that. You're learning it at that point. But for me, in reflecting, I think I had a lot of kind of a rude awakening of how naive I might have been or like self-centered mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, I really wanted them to do this. And A, I didn't communicate it as best as I could have because mm-hmm. I didn't have. I don't feel like I had the tools mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is the best way that I can feel appreciated. And then I would stifle a lot of my feelings. I just wouldn't be as open. And then to like kind of feel like I underappreciated other ways that I was shown love that I'm like, oh, man, that just wasn't that was their language. Yeah. And I think that's how dating is set up generally, whether it's in like a religious through a religious lens or a secular lens is that you date because you want to. All growing up, I'd been told like you date so you can figure out what you want in a lasting relationship. So just explaining it like that, it's very much centered on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not about the other person as much as we feel like it is or think that it is. It's like, what do I need? What do I want from this relationship? And I'm going to date people so I can figure out what I want. Do you feel like that can get into bad territory, though? Like not thinking enough about the other person? Oh, no, no. That's why I'm... Well, the whole point of me saying all of that is but to say bad. that like that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Because... Like growing up to religious context, you'll like you'll read things in the Bible or or whatever, not or whatever. You'll read things in the Bible or other works of literature and fiction or nonfiction writing that talk about other being sacred texts. <laughs> talk about being equally yoked or being, you know, carrying each other's burdens or different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where it is very much looking at a couple, a relationship holistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you're still trying to figure out who you are. So I think in a sense, it is important for you to date selfishly so you can figure things out because you should figure those things out before you get married. Mm-hmm. If after you get married, then you're like, oh, I don't know. And then you want to be selfish. That's not the time or place to do it because then you have a spouse. You're probably going to have kids. Um, so maybe date selfishly when you're young. But hopefully with as little uh, collateral damage. Yeah, Not like for sure. your job is to like spare everybody's feelings by being dishonest. But No, yeah. but it's important for people to figure out who they are and what they stand for and what they believe in. And I agree. What they desire in a partner. Um, it can be really tricky, I think, to tell people to to date selfishly. That That term, I think, can be then taken and run with in a very bad way. But I get for what sure. you mean. I, I mean it more in like date a lot of people, date selfishly in that like take as much as you can, gain knowledge. I don't mean it in like... In, Do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean it more like in data collection. 
<laughs> Again, Kenji's version is da- it's all about data. Well, and yeah, it is about data because, tell. like in in Mormon culture, generally most girls will they won't say no to a first date. They'll always say yes, even if they know they're not really interested. Because yeah, I don't agree with that. Because you might, it gives you both a chance to interact with people you normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't lead to anything after the first date, at least you had a chance to get to know someone you normally wouldn't. And again, that's a very specific culture, dating culture. It is because there's you, no pressure because it's, it's casual. Yeah, it's very it's friendly, a very open and casual, friendly situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the rest, I feel like a lot of the rest of the secular world, there's there's cultures where dating period is a no no. You literally wait until somebody tells you this is your spouse. Yeah, but go in, procreate. In I, I get that. But in Utah, Idaho, Arizona, parts of California, wherever there's a high density of Mormons, that's fine. And and people understand that. So it's not there's not a lot of pressure when someone asks you on, on a date. You for, know going into it that like after date one through three, you can stop at any time. It's, there's no pressure to keep going. Right. And it's very platonic. It's very like group date or like go grab dessert and have like a 15 to 30 minute first date. Just talk and like figure out where did this where did this person come from like how are they raised all that stuff and you get to know someone and if it doesn't work out cool like maybe you'll see them in a different class later on in the next semester or something but see but it's those I, interactions of learning to meet someone new talk to them figure out what makes them tick i appreciate the structuredness i do think that that's really nice to be because it creates a safe space to then explore that i I just know the world so thoroughly from that secular... Well, I grew up really religious, but just without a dating culture. I grew up in a Korean Baptist church, so it was literally like, you're not allowed to talk to boys until all of a sudden you're in college and you're like, why aren't you married? Um, Or graduated from college, and then it's like, why aren't you married and having babies? Um, Which I think is really problematic because you don't have a a ramp, Mm an on-ramp to learn how to interact with other people that you're attracted to maybe have chemistry with and interpreting that becomes so ambiguous and so vague and so weird and twisted and feelings get involved and hormones get involved and it's all very confusing which is why we have podcasts and movies and music because we need to be able to talk about all these feelings so in that way i understand and um Sidebar, one of the things I wanted to include was also that the love language thing that we're talking about and learning about other people and the way that they interpret love and the way that they give it is not just for dating and for romance. It's also for friendship. Like you're saying, like your friends and your family, your bosses, like just learning how other people operate and then how you can symbiotically coexist with them so that you're not feeling wretched and you're not making their life miserable. Yeah. Because I feel like at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that drives us to feel either fulfilled and happy in life or like empty and lonely or just miserable, angry. I don't know. There's a lot of different things. So in the middle somewhere, there is, I think, a happy middle ground. And putting that conscious effort into reading somebody else and being understood for yourself, I think is really, really paramount. So I'm glad, again, that part, I'm very, we covered that in like our first date episode. Which oh, like, yeah, I hope that sure. you go. Sorry, I'm just repeating a lot of no, stuff. No, no, no. Well, we might have new listeners. Um But I think that it's worth repeating and I think that it's worth saying, you know, how we've grown up to interpret things because I'm very grateful for that from you, that you, I am very different than you and I've appreciated you like being open to like how I operate and then you go back to like your way, (laughs) but at least you'll hear me out. Um, And I'm curious, like when we started dating, 
or like I'm I I, dang it I already told you my answer (laughs) what did you think mine was because mine actually now I retook the test and go into like what our love languages are um mine has changed actually what was it before well I want you to guess what do you think it was before so to reiterate we have quality time physical touch gifts words of affirmation and acts of service Words of affirmation and, well, is there just one? There can be. I mean, you said that they're different. Like, yeah, I'm asking in your strikes. case. You got it, yeah. Yeah. It was words of affirmation and yep. it is not anymore. I've actually taken it multiple times. Then, now it's acts of service and probably quality time. Incorrect. What? So you really weren't listening to me last night because I said it to you twice. What? I thought you told me. Yeah. I took three service. different tests last night and then I was like, oh, this one. Da, da, da. Oh, I was probably asleep or had my headphones in. No. Really? You responded. <laughs> oh. This is the gamble of, of in, interacting with Kenji depending on like, is does he have his AirPods in? Well, now that they are noise canceling, is, it's kind of dangerous. That's why. I'm like yeah. grateful and also like, ugh. Um, well, what, what is it? So it used to be words of affirmation. Yeah. I'd say when I first, like in my 20s or early 20s. Uh-huh. And then it changed to something and now it's different again. This is the fascinating part. Okay. Me. What do you think it changed from? Well, yeah, I already told you, but you don't remember. I guess not. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think it changed to? Went from words of affirmation uh-huh. to. I forgot the choices. Um, whatever I just said it was. Quality time and access service. Oh, access. No, no, no. It's not access service. It wouldn't have changed to that. It would have been from there to physical touch. That's really funny that you switched it because the uh, access service is what it changed to. Oh, and then it went to. In my later 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now it is. Physical touch. Yeah. So you swapped them. Yeah. <laughs> and yours hasn't changed. No. Which is, well, did you retake the test? No, I didn't. But I already know the questions. I started taking the one you sent me on online, uh-huh. but I didn't like it because, like, once you chose the answer, if you click the wrong one and you wanted to change it, oh, yeah, that was it wouldn't let one. you change it. And I was like, this is dumb. Yeah. It was a very rigid test. That was one of the three I took. Yeah. But two of them came out physical touch. So oh. I was like, it wasn't wrong. I mean, mine's like all of them. Shower we shower me with all the love. I mean, everyone. That's what I said. Everyone has <laughs> these languages, but you are quality time and acts of service. Yes. Yeah. And physical. No, it's qu- quality time is parent like the top, and then acts of service and physical touch are equally like in second place. Um, I don't know what my second was because those gifts, didn't show whatever me. the gifts one is. Uh-huh. I don't care about that unless, unless- it's food. Yes, unless it's food <laughs> or... Which you could say is an act of service. Yeah. yeah. Eating you. Yeah, food food is good. Yeah. You, you, but it, like you material eat. things, mm-hmm. I don't care. That's so interesting because you collect a lot of stuff. You like hold on to tickets. You hold on to like mementos. Oh, yeah. So because those like- are reminders of quality time. Okay. But at Would- the same time, like, I, don't, I, don't, I used to collect a lot of things. In middle school and high school. Yeah. You're telling me you have, like, collections of stuff. Yeah. I think I have every 
movie ticket stub I've ever gone to, starting with Titanic, I think is the first yes, one. Yes, you and I. I was like 11 or 12. That was interesting. Anyways. It's a wonderful movie. I don't care what anyone says. It's okay. Yeah. I, re- I saw it when they remastered it in 3D. So did and I. And they released it. You did? Yes. It was amazing. Yeah. The 3D was great in it. It was wonderful. Okay. I've always said that the, the best movie going experience in 3D that's blown my mind is Life of Pi and... Tangled, you said. Tangled. But I should also add Titanic remastered in 3D. It was beautiful. Those three were really great. Yeah. Only 3D movies that need to be seen in 3D. Everything else has been pretty much garbage. <laughs> Give me headaches. The guy who phone. bought the 3D phone. But yeah, it's, it's disappointing. holographic. Okay, holographic. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it's basically 3D. But yeah. anyways, that's what I'm saying. That we all like think like everybody again has the love languages but like you say by far that's like way bottom of the and i don't know what my second and third ones are i can i can guess what they are but i don't know by score i think gifts i don't care so much about gifts because i highly research things that i buy because i want to whether it's like jeans or a computer or a camera i want to have one that's like perfectly fit for my use in my case i don't want and I'm very picky about it. Extremely picky. So, like, if someone gets me something, usually I'll be like, oh, that's great. But I already know this is not the one I want. And Which then is I just why I'm not going to buy I'll just make you food. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, my mom used to buy me things for Christmas. Oh, like, my mom. Like, Your I, mom's a gift I love, I love chocolate. Mm. And she bought me chocolate for Christmas one year. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like what what kind of chocolate did you get me like, you're so hurtful like you can't just say thank you like you're i wouldn't like, even what? re-gift these chocolates because i i would just be a bad token of because I, I already know these chocolates aren't that great like who put i'm not a big fan of like cinnamon in my chocolate so she bought me like four different ones with cinnamon in it and i was like oh no but did you say thank you, mom? That's oh yeah, so nice I said you. thank you after I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> but then my mom got me the chocolate that I wanted, so it was very much appreciated. And my brother got all the the other chocolates, so he was also very much he was happy too. So it like worked out in the end. Your mom is such a sweet gift giver. I think that's definitely one of her dominant love languages. Yeah, she just has a hard time shopping for me because she she always knows you're that horrible I'm horrible to shop for. Yeah, now she just asks me. What would you like? And then I get to tell her. Yeah. But at the same see, time, that's, the way that that's another thing is like when I was younger, when my family was like really poor, I'd always ask for stuff and I would always be told, no, like go get a job, work for it. We can't buy you that. Which now, I think built very good character. Yeah. But now that my parents can afford to buy me stuff a little bit more, I'm just like, no, I'll buy it. And now, uh, good. Maybe, maybe I should... I need to text my mom. I need to ask her. You can have a conversation with her. Like, honestly, I'm getting to know. I feel like this is a funny example of like getting to know your parents as human beings because we were just talking about that with our friend Kevin Fong, which who we freaking love. Um, But having gone through Thanksgiving is a good Check out his Instagram. It's at level, level, the number four, and then alpha. A L P H A. Just go. You're welcome. But also, <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> we just had Thanksgiving, right? So we regrouped with our families. You hung out with my family. We got to hang out with your brother and his kids. Um, and his things, wife. And his wife. Um, and his fa- your family. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm saying all-encompassing. We love you, Mana. Um, but having that time with your parents and recognizing with each passing year, like, okay, I'm more of an adult and you're also human beings too. Who knew? 
Uh-huh. Like you're having that awakening. So I feel like these are all good grounds to like have these types of conversations. Like me asking my dad and my mom, what do you like? Because I basically had my interpretation of what I thought they're into mm-hmm. or the way that they would like it. So for example, my dad's super into airplanes. He loves, he's super military guy. He loves airplanes, jets, like we would go on these trips to like visit ships and stuff in the San Francisco Bay. Um, Wait, what does ships have to do with airplanes? Just the Navy. Okay. Sometimes You're like, carrier, he loves airplanes. Air, so we went and got so aircraft ships. carriers. No, I was like, Sorry, I'm like okay. in my in my head, it made perfect sense. <laughs> Think of Top Gun and the plane taking off the back of a ship. So we went to go see those, and so I'm like. <laughs> asking my dad I gotta ask my dad does he want like a model airplane or does he want me to buy him a ticket to go do a trip together that's something I think is worth asking versus me wasting my money on something that he's not even really gonna like things like that I'm just recognizing the questions I haven't asked and I feel like it's good Mm -hmm. that you're taking the time to like well yeah I know that my mom is gonna like whatever I like because we have similar tastes in but do you ask well, no, because she always says, like, thanks for recommending this, because... And she, we always say we have similar tastes, because my dad's taste is more American. Yeah. When it comes to, like, food and stuff. My mom and I will like the same types of food, flavors. Um, and then my dad, like, he he's fine if he has steak and potatoes. My mom and I would rather have... Your dad's such a, like, all-American guy. It's... It's so cute because your mom's so Japanese. It's like adorable watching them interact. Um, but we went on a family tangent. Yeah. But yeah, you to summarize, you're hard to shop for. So I don't I don't think I'll ever bother. Yeah. <laughs> you just buy whatever you want and I'll support you. Be like, yeah, good job. And I don't buddy. buy things often. Yeah. Cause you spend like twelve hours on wire cutter making sure that it's like the right one and then you have to check all the reviews and like which I did as well low key, not to your extent, but I appreciate that. You're like very particular. You're gonna spend your money well, which I think is good. Except yep. for your shoes thing, which is a whole other situation. You're well, just that's like fine. stockpiling shoes. I only have one pair of shoes in there. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, to go back to your current love language, which is quality time and mm-hmm. acts of service, mm-hmm. how do I fulfill that for you? Tell me how great I am. This is my words of affirmation. Well, we spend a lot of quality time because we're always next to each other. Well, See, it's not quality, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. We spend a lot of time because we both like work from home and are both creatives. I think I ask you how you slept and how your dreams were every day. Just so we have a moment to talk, even though 80% of the time, I don't really care what the answers are. But it gives us a time to, like, talk first thing in the morning. Um, Aww. Thanks, honey. Yeah, like, today when you're going off about, not Tupac, what are you saying? Two podcasts. Oh, two podcasts. I said, I listened to (laughs) To two two podcasts. podcasts. I thought she just said Tupac and. Um, (laughs) But, Yeah. When you were telling me about, like, Jessica Alba and her friend and double dates and their dating, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like reading a People magazine or just just Jacob Jarrett, some whatever that guy's name is. Mm-hmm. Some website, right? I don't know. TMZ. I don't know. I felt like I was like, oh, this is like celebrity gossip. I don't care about their personal life. This is you not listening to the quality. No, so as I listened more, I was like, oh, like you're fascinated by these people. Like I'm fascinated by Elon Musk 
or Casey I too Neistat. Am fall in, yeah. I'm in, intrigued by Elon Musk as well, but I'm adding another facet of my interest. For sure. I'm interested like, in how Jessica Alba went from being a Hollywood actress to being an entrepreneur and owning a freaking huge company. But you weren't talking about that. I was. I was talking to you about how her husband influenced her and how he supports her and how that how their marriage but it has had, changed. It never got into entrepreneur type stuff. It, you just said that because I care oh, about her. As she a comes off of this, but she's actually very stoic and very like this. Which but also feeds into her as a business owner. But you didn't make that. T- you didn't go there. I didn't say that explicitly. Talk <laughs> yeah. about her as a person. <laughs> yeah, you just said. Host, I like, don't see how that, person that disqualifies talking about anyway. Because you weren't like, and this is how it affected her business. Because in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, she did go on to build this, and like maybe, maybe her stoicism has something to do with the way Honey is branded or whatever. In my mind, I was like, huh. But I really don't care about. Like I like Jessica Alba when I was. Well, how old was I when that? For very specific reasons, he liked Jessica. Well, no, I really like the show Dark Angel when that came out. Like, I started watching it from the night that it premiered. It's like one of those shows where, like, Dark Angel and OC, I watched from the before DVR and all that stuff from the time it premiered, and I liked it. And Jessica Alba wasn't big then. Like, that was the first thing she, I think she was in. Yeah, it's not that she was big, it's that she's beautiful. No, but I, I liked the premise. I think I liked it because it took place in Seattle, and like Seattle's the first area I lived in when America, and I was like, oh, it's a movie about... Anyways, it had nothing to do with, like, her per se. It was the fact that she was in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it also matter that she's really pretty? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't... Anyway, it's fine. I don't think I thought of... Yeah, anyways. Um, well, the rest of the world <laughs> loved yeah. Jessica because she's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> and then she was in that the one end. movie. What was the movie? What, was it called movie? Honey? She was in Honey. Yeah. Oh, and then she, made, she that, named her company Honey? No. What, what's her company's name? Honest. Company. Honest Company. Oh, I kept on saying Honey. I don't know why. Oh, why didn't you oh, correct honey. me earlier when I kept on saying... You said Honey, and I was like, oh, the movie. Oh, no. I meant... Okay, Honest Company. The Honest like, Company. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Gwyneth Paltrow with Goop. Goop. Yeah. I yeah. don't really care about Goop. But. I don't know. I haven't researched enough on either things. I just read... Sometimes, yeah, I'm just learning about these women entrepreneurs as people. And she's an actress, which I'm also interested in. And I didn't think she was the what best. What has she been in recently? She's in a new show now, I think, with Gabrielle Ellie's Finest. She's on a new show. Oh. And she's playing a police officer, which don't get me started on that because I'm like, what What police? I'm sorry, this is me being very judgy and like stereotypical. What, we don't have a lot of LAPD that look like Jessica Alba. But she could just be the exception. There's. Beautiful police. But vast majority of women that are playing FBI agents and police officers all look like they at least at the very minimum walked out of like a Nordstrom catalog. And then the men look like regular men. A lot of them. There's some handsome ones. There's some regular ones and some like whatever. There's a variety. But with women, you have to like be beautiful to be on TV, which don't get me started on procedurals because that pisses me off. Anyway, back to Jessica Alba. I was talking to you about her as a person. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, it's interesting, because I know growing up, you were fascinated with all, like, celebrity gossip and all that stuff. I was. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, there's So this morning, too. I was like, oh, like, but isn't that, those magazines, like, all it does is try to humanize it. Like, they went on vacation here. Oh, they have a dog here. No, they getting have to this hear kind her, of workout her, class. Her, like, her personality was really interesting. Again, because we have different interpretations of, quote, unquote, beautiful people, or people that seem to have things very easy, or, like, again, these very stupid assumptions that are kind yeah. of like just ingrained at least in i mean me. i went through i went through a time where i would go to sundance film festival and get pictures with celebrities and i was like obsessed with certain celebrities 
but then uh then once you meet some of them and you talk to them like oh you're really boring yeah i've had that experience as well and then it just kind of shut off for me she is personally i think she, i don't think she's the most interesting person i was more like oh i listened to that podcast with her and this guy tony gonzalez he's an interesting guy because he's this really gregarious all-american football player who's partially latino and like him but, and his wife and then i love their conversation that's the part i care yeah. more about that's another thing talking too, about their marriage and stuff people talking about celebrities as if they know them like oh she's not that interesting or she's very stoic or she's this i have a hard time with that because i'm like one she's an actor actress what does that have to do with anything because if you're a good actor or actress you can project certain things like some celebrities want to, to be me. viewed a certain way I see through the BS very quickly, especially because yeah. they're bad actors usually. People try to cover them. I know, but I just don't feel like you could really get to know someone through a podcast. Then why uh, are we? A podcast. Yeah. Like I got to know There's a lot better. of other facets. Like, you get to know one part of someone, but I, I don't think it's all-encompassing. Again, I was just sharing with you what I learned and my thoughts from what I was doing last night while you were passed out and I was editing my voiceover thing. That's all. Sorry, this is how we get into the very nitty-gritty very quickly, and then we totally get derailed from the original topic. But I appreciate that you were listening. I would love if you, like, this is, like, I I don't care about all the stuff that you talk to me about. Well, no, because I thought it was just important for you to, like, vent what you talked about instead of me being, like, I don't care about Jessica Alba. I don't care about this football player. Good. I think that that's nice So I would just listen, and in in my mind, I was thinking, huh, like, how do podcasts portray people? Can we get a holistic, like, a, a better understanding of, or how do people judge people based on what they hear on podcasts, XYZ? Then I was mm-hmm. thinking about her business. Then I was like, oh, I wonder how, how her business is doing. And I was so like, you're thinking oh. all of that while I'm talking to you? Mm-hmm. See, this is the part that I'm fascinated about because I've been learning that maybe I'm not the best listener because I listen in order to respond, not to understand. That's an actually new thing that I'm, I'm trying to work on, that I am working on. Those are the kinds of things that came up in this podcast. Like, this is your personality type. These are your tendencies. These are your habits. And he asked very pointed questions of, like, what are you trying to work on? What are you trying to develop? What are you trying to grow? Tony Gonzalez, the host. So he was asking her those types of questions, which is why I was bringing up the relevance of, like, well, she is very stoic. She doesn't – she's very cynical. She's not as, like, warm and gregarious as somebody might think, like, oh, this lovely, beautiful person would be. That was the relevant point in my mind of what I was trying to convey. And that's the part that I think – in essence of what we're talking about in terms of your love language of quality time, I go deep on that. I'm like, are we really listening to each other? Because you're thinking about her business and you're not really like, because you don't care about what I'm saying. You have a different interpretation of what I'm even saying or what I'm talking about versus what I'm saying or what I'm trying to convey because you're thinking about those things. Well, in my mind, I'm like, you just need to get this stuff off your chest because you like thought about these things and... Okay, then I'll go on the record on this podcast. There's partial, there's truth to that, but also I appreciate if you listen to what I am saying. No, no, and I just like give take, me. take parts that interest me and I listen to those and I run with it in my mind. You can also run with it with me in a conversation. But you were just going nonstop about what you talk, like you literally just went. You are, okay, also, so this is what I'll call out. You know why? Because you're laying there on your phone. Half the time that we talk in the morning, this is where I question, I will counter you (laughs) on my podcast about this quality time thing, because a lot of the times where that comes off, like you're just, you're, um, 
you're pandering to me. You're just like, that's not, to me, that doesn't interpret it as quality time. It is quality time where I'm not working and you're not working and like we're there together Mm -hmm. and sharing this conversation. But when you're on your phone and this this point, because this has been such an ongoing thing that a lot of different people bring up about like, you're not even paying attention. You're not even listening to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Does that constitute qualify as quality time when somebody's not really listening to what you're saying? That means they're just do it going through the motions. But see, that's interesting you bring up the phone because the phone had nothing to do with any train of thought. I think I was just holding it, right? Because You're scrolling, babe. Oh, I don't even know what I was looking at. But that's I know what, what I was saying. thinking that about when your... I was listening to you, which is based on what you were trying to tell me. And I appreciate that. But when I'm talking to you and you're scrolling, that is no indication oh, to for sure. any person I, yeah, that someone's that's listening. a bad thing to do. Yeah. So yeah. that's tough for me to feel like we're having quality time. And I'm probably going to keep rambling because I was like, he's like a quarter listening to me. Then and why then, do you, you could just stop. That's what I do with you. If I'm going to say something important and you're not looking at me, you I just, stop and then you I just sulk. go, I just go, Hey Minge, guess what? And then you're on your computer and I'll just wait for you to turn and look at me. Mm-hmm. I don't sulk. I just wait. It's fine. No, sometimes you'll do that or then you'll start sulking. Or, or if it's something like, well, when you say something like I was listening and I'm like, you obviously aren't because I was asked, I was telling you or asking you like, Hey, which color should I get? And I'm showing the computer at you. And then you're like waiting. I'm waiting, and you're like, well, "Which one?" I'm like, "I well, was I want you to I was look." Laying on the couch, talking with Kevin. It's happened here. It's happened there. No, it's the, happened- the, the the thing I know you're talking about. You're talking about the socks and the the from Stance. You're on Stance doing your Black Friday shopping, and I was laying on the couch talking with Kevin. No, it was that one doesn't bother you. You're in a like, different room. It was. Yeah. It's more like when I'm. Sitting no, there. you got butter. Then you're like, I asked you a question and you didn't come. Like, answer. You're not even gonna look at it. And I was laying out there. Oh, I think I the one it. I was thinking of was when you were like sitting right here on your computer, and I was laying here, and I turned my computer, and you're like, yeah. And I was like, see, these are right the, the, the small actions that I'm. The reason why I think I'm I'm open to like deep diving into these things because I think these are things that other people have room to interpret. Like, you don't care about me, and everyone's so different, right? When I'm at my desk, usually I'm working on something. There's times where I'm not, but usually I'm like working on this week has been hell week because I'm working on collaboration start, which is like a huge event. I've been busting my butt fundraising, taking care of tons of logistics, and I'm working on voiceover stuff, which means I have my headphones on and I'm literally editing and I have to pay attention to my breaths and my mouth sounds. So when you're in like that big of a zone and someone's like tapping you going like, Hey, I want your opinion on this. I'm like, I'm in a zone. I guess or for me, it's like, you could be like, hey, I'm in the middle of something, can I ask, answer you later? When I'm like, hey, can I ask you Can I ask you something? You're like, yeah. And I'm like, which one of these should I get? And you're like, then don't ask me, don't tell me yes that I can ask you a question if you're not going to answer it. Because I always preface with, hey, like, can you take a look at something for me? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yes. And then you stay on your computer and I'm like, I just asked you to take a look at something, not to listen to something. So if you're going to look at it, Look at it, and if usually because I'm in the middle me. of something, I'm like, let me finish this first. But you don't say that; you just say yes. Because I will. You didn't give me a time. But that could like okay. Again, I, thirty see, seconds isn't long enough for is, you to turn around. If I'm in the middle of a task that I'm like paying attention to, yeah, I do need to finish it. Or I'm in the yeah, middle of a so sentence. It would be good to communicate that back to me instead of me and be like, "Hey, can you do something for me?" Sure. Yeah. Can you take a look at this? Yes. And then. And I'm working on it. I'm gonna say like, "Can you look at this now?" I'll clarify now. Good. That's okay. good. And I'll be better about telling you yes in, in 
five minutes or and i have been i said that i was like can i can i look at it yeah, in like five good. ten minutes and at the end like deep down i don't get like super mad over it. i'm over it in like 30 seconds that's fine but, you do so but i wish i could see colors <laughs> darn yeah. you mom yeah you're, kanji's colorblind so he has genetics well this is i think it's really interesting to go like the quality time thing this is kind of this oh, is very much also similar. going back on that normally I might just buy it and I wouldn't care, but I know in these cases, you'll be like, why'd you get this color? And then it's going to go back to like, well, I asked you to look at this when I was ordering it, but you didn't look at it. Now I'm going to return this. Well, you're I think when I was single, when I was single, I'd just be like, yep, I think I like this. I'm going to buy it. But now I run things through you. Well, I appreciate it because I'm the one who sees it. (laughs) Yeah, which is, which is why I think I sulk and get even more upset. I'm like, well, if you don't care, then you don't care. But the minute it arrives, you'll be like, why did you get this color? I'd be like, well, I tried to talk through it with you, but no. you were also, too busy. Also, you don't talk through everything. You order a lot of things without talking to me. Well, those are things I don't plan on wearing. I'm just reselling. Okay. Well, anyway, back to quality But then time. those shoes came and I was like, ooh, these shoes are kind of nice. They're really bright. They're very bright. Yeah, they're great. They're mine. I am such a grayscale woman. I'm very... Uh... I think I like colors because I know I can't see them. <laughs> weirdo just kidding because uh, the brighter the colors it's easier for me to identify acts of service though to talk about your second one see i told you we could do a whole episode of just on love languages like i don't know what i'm talking about i'm having short answers i was we're like talking about online shopping right now and colorblindness because we're talking about quality time <laughs> yeah. and that's where it branched off of so yeah i think well okay takeaways from that part i think it's a constant prog- progressive process of learning how to actually what does quality time even mean? Because to me, when I, I know that you know this, because you talked about this when we first started dating, which is why I started getting further irritated. I was already kind of annoyed about the phone thing, but like it got even more because I was like, you like quality time. I think subconsciously I was like, well, I guess I can be on my phone because in the beginning of our relationship, you were always on your phone and I was not because my phone was broken. So I couldn't be. <laughs> and all the time I would like talk to you and you'd be on your phone, like checking emails for events and I'd have entire conversations by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, okay, cool. And you'd be like, what? And I was like, I was talking to you this entire time. You're like, oh, oh, sorry. And then like 10 minutes later, I'd be like, hey, man, take a look at that. And you'd be like, oh. And I'm like, okay, never mind. You missed it. We already drove past it. Or this, this. And constantly you're on your phone. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And then so when I finally got my phone, I was like, well, I guess it doesn't matter to her if I'm always on my phone because she's always on her phone. So I became less picky about it because before I think I was – but then seeing your behavior when I didn't have a working phone, how you acted, I was like, well, it's fine. Like if she can, if she's okay doing it to me, then like, I'm not going to be as aware of like when I'm on my phone, when I'm not. See, but I think that's worth talking about. Like you, I did. I brought it up to you all the time. I'd be like, yeah. Oh, and I adjusted it and I took apps off my phone and I'm not on my phone that much by, because I, yeah, took now you're like, you do up. this all the time. And you I'm do like, do yeah. this all the time. But this is me all, totally yeah. calling you out because you are on your phone like 90% of the day. Mm-hmm. It's also because... And our working styles are very different too. It's also because for a long time I didn't have a laptop, so I learned how to do all my work. Now on you're phone. on your laptop and your phone. You literally fall asleep on both of them, yeah. which is frightening. Because there's so as- much data to He collect. fell asleep mid-scroll, you guys. This is like on Black Friday. He just like passed out holding his phone with his thumb on the phone and it was was, still lit up i think i was reading reviews on something probably and you had netflix on in front of you so this is like the this is like again lifestyle stuff but it can really eat away at feeling like you have quality time with your partner because i'm like you're not paying attention to me we're not listening like 
I have half your attention at best. You're not going to retain any of this information. I retained the whole story about... But you didn't get what I meant by it. You, like, heard the content. You heard the data, but you didn't... Whatever. That dude went to the restaurant and... And Hunting, oh wait, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, Newport Beach. It was a beach somewhere at eleven Good o'clock job, at night, and caught her as she was leaving was... work. Stalker, and uh, for some reason, I guess since he's attractive and a millionaire, it's sweet when guys show up unannounced when you're getting off work. Which, if he wasn't who he was, that would be a creeper story. She'd be telling her friends at work, like this guy just showed no, up. She wasn't like that's she, like a wong fu parody, isn't it? Probably There's a video where they have like two different guys showing up with flowers. And one's like an attractive dude and that's so a, sweet, and the other one's not an attractive very, dude. Very and it's good like, point. oh, creeper. That's a very good point. But anyways, I was more focused on their their kid story. That was just that was a detail, but yeah, I agree with that point. Well taken. But good for him for persevering. Yeah. Though in in this atmosphere and climate, that could also be. Yeah, that can be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. This is this was twenty years or like 15, 18 years. Well, it worked out. They're married. Yeah. Um, and she's, st- she's a strong cookie, so I like it. Again, this is talking about Tony Gonzalez. I was just listening to his podcast. Uh, I have no idea who he is, but. Yeah, I didn't know who he was until I saw his thing with Jessica Alba. But anyways. Wait, how did you find that? I listened to a lot of random things about inspiring stories, women, entrepreneurs, whatever. It was just on my YouTube recommended videos. Oh, okay. And it, her title was in just, just like learning how to live your life or like actually whatever. And Wait, I was who's like, oh. Jessica Alba? Jessica Alba. It was on her channel? No, on his. She was oh, his okay. guest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyways, quality time, listening, I think has a lot to do with it. Being present, I think has a lot to do with it. I think there's a lot of ways to not be present. Clearly, Kenji and I are going into the nitty gritty of how we are not present with each other a lot. And that can be really... Well, it's hard to be completely present. Like, I went off on a tangent in my brain based on something you said. And then yeah. I came back and would ask a question and go off. And based on the way well, that you... That's just how conversations inter- go. But also the way that you interpret the way our brains are wired, we are also capable of being present. You just have to rewire your brain to be that way. You adjust your behavior. You develop new habits. Wait, sorry. What were you saying? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, we'll put a pin in that one. But yeah, quality time I think is really, really important. Again, because it's a love language and that it's universal, no matter like if that's your dominant one, I think still like it, I think it takes a toll. I think it is really impactful whether people like prefer that as like their number one thing or not. Yeah. Um, and I just think societally, like you're saying culturally, because we have these devices, we have all these things that are really distracting. It's easy to like, feel like you don't matter uh-huh. or just distracted in general. So I'm going to continue working on that. Good. I hope you'll be off your phone more. Please. I like how you're like, I'm going to work on this. And I'm like, okay. And he just smiles and doesn't answer me. <laughs> yeah, because I will work on it as well. Thank you. And then access service, that's increasingly mine as well. That probably might be my secondary one, access service. And that's what's funny to me that it changed from words of affirmations when I was 20, in my 20s, early 20s, to like access service. I think as I increasingly became more independent and having to pay my own bills and like rent and car and like groceries and fitness and work management and side hustle management. I think people like boyfriends or people in my life who helped me with things like help volunteer for something that I was doing or like made me dinner. Oh my gosh. It would like completely make me feel so loved. And that's the same for you, right? Do you have a specific act of service that you think is like 
the most important. We we bicker a lot about dishes I, and stuff and cleaning. Well, yeah, I only I don't really bicker about it. Only when you say that, like, oh, you, I did all this, and I'm like, well, I I did, did do all dishes that. three times in. Tw- Me saying that I did all this doesn't mean you didn't do. It. I'm just saying I did all this, and very you, you say things like I have to do all the cleaning, and I'm like, wait, again, did you I have to do it all, all the cleaning because I'm pretty sure. I did a lot of the cleaning from Thanksgiving and a lot of the cooking from Thanksgiving. But so somehow I. you did all the cleaning. But I, I wasn't talking about Thanksgiving. I was talking about the three days after that. Yeah. The day of, you did tons of cleaning. Yeah, and then after. I did, I've done, I've loaded the la- laundry. I've loaded the dishwasher <laughs> mm-hmm. every day from Thanksgiving yeah. on. And I, I've appreciated that. But that's you part also, of cleaning. Yeah, and then you also take out food you took out leftovers and you leave this is my issue with kenji with like why we bicker about the cleaning thing is you clean a lot you do a lot of like heavy like you'll bleach things you'll like yeah go it's hardcore. disgusting unless you bleach your cutting boards people bleach your cutting boards put them in the dishwasher but no, also no, no, bleach them well that too but also a lot of people don't put it in their dishwasher they just like rinse it oh that's fine anyway but you just said bleach them make up your mind yeah because if you're bleaching them that's fine you can hand wash them Okay, but also, so I, what we've thought about is that, like, you will clean all this stuff and do it really extensively, and then you'll create a mess elsewhere and just leave stuff out, and that drives me crazy. You'll, you'll eat pie, and there'll be crumbs left on the table, and who cleans? I clean that up. I'm like, this wasn't even my freaking pie. Why am I cleaning up other people's crumbs? But see, you get mad about that, but I'm like, most of the times when I do the dishes, 90% of it's not my dishes. Yeah, but, that's also a roommate talk. That's a whole conversation. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really bother me, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It doesn't well, really bother me. That's good. It does bother me. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Which is why <laughs> it becomes a problem. Because I'm fine. I I like helping people that I care about. But it's like when I also, in my belief system is like, if you make your mess, you should clean it up. That is, like, personal responsibility. So then you're foisting your dirt or your mess on What's other foisting? people. You're offloading it. You're, like, projecting it onto other people because you're too lazy or you're too selfish to, like, clean up your mm-hmm. own stuff. That's an affront. To, that's offensive to me. And I'm like, that's not me helping you. That's me doing stuff that you're supposed to be doing on your own. So that's where I also, like, judge myself because I'm like, then I'm enabling. <laughs> so... Yeah. But I care the most about having cleanliness. So then I'm like, well, I'm going to freaking clean it up anyway because I'm the one that in this place that cares the most about it. Yeah. But what are your acts of service? Have I done something that like... You cook all the time for me. Yay. That's most important. I love cooking for you. Everything else in terms of acts of service, not as important. But cooking dinner okay, is important. I learned that pretty quickly. <laughs> food is... I feel like food is your love language. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because without it, you'd die. Well, it's not even just anything edible. You like things no, that yeah. are yummy. Well, who doesn't? Some people really do. look at Chris. <laughs> he eats spinach out of a bag. Well, it's fine. Spinach can be yummy. He, I don't think he does it because it's yummy. I think he cares about the results. But Chris also likes good food. Yeah, and so he binges. But I'm saying on a regular basis, you like to eat. Guys, food. also, he doesn't binge. He eats Okay. He, intermittent fasting. Chris will be on this podcast so he can defend himself <laughs> shortly. But I'm glad I can do that for you. And I do appreciate when you clean for me. When you do stuff like the big things and bleach things, like that is really helpful. It's just Yeah, because when I first came here, your cutting boards were a mess. Yes. But just clean up your crumbs, please. 
And you guys don't dust ever. True. I always dust. Well, and, also... And clean the floors. Yeah. And the balcony. I clean the floors, too. I vacuum. How many times have you Swiffered the floor? Swiffered? We didn't have Swiffer pads until Thanksgiving, so then... There was some. I used it. Oh, I've Swiffered before, and I Swiffered while you were gone, too. Oh, good job. Yeah, and I vacuum. Trust me, I I have my cleaning moments. skills, too. Not moments. I'm consistently... Cle- Again, who's cleaning up your crumbs? Who uses yeah, the no, I, I You definitely do the countertops. Yeah. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Not as much as you. Maybe 20% of the times. And I'm saying who creates most of the mess that ends up on the countertops is not me usually. So, <laughs> anyway. No, I, I create my fair share of messes. I think for me, I hate using paper towels because I think it's environmentally irresponsible. Then be cleaner in your food eating. <laughs> Well, it's not just the eating. It's like the serving and the, all that stuff. Yeah. So that's why I ordered those kitchen towels. Thank you that it's you important. researched and that are soft and durable that you told me. Yeah. Okay. They're amazing. We're going... This is going to be a long episode, but you know what? We're fascinating, so we're just going to roll with it. You told me don't cut off a good conversation. I do want to address... So should we have cut this off at like minute two? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening, I am sorry. You should go yeah, clean. You're welcome. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, okay, questions? Real quick, th- I didn't get to talk about mine. Oh, sorry, about what are we Physical talking about? Physical touch. Oh, I thought we were talking about cleaning. We talked about your two, which overlaps <laughs> with mine, I think, with my secondary, which I think is okay. access service. But physical touch, I want to give space for this because people can kind of underplay it, but I realized that I'm really grateful that we share that love language because we are around each other a lot and that we can annoy each other and being around each other, working with one another and separately there's a lot of room for collision. And that's what I've like noticed about our dynamic because people who work nine to five jobs, they're away from their partners, like a huge chunk of the time. Yeah. Right. And we have a, a maybe like equal bonus and challenge of like working in the same industry. We're both in film and entertainment. You, you've like come into my Asian American, like identity world. You've helped me with a lot of stuff and therefore, yeah, we spend a lot of time together. But when we have fought, I want to put this out in the world that Kenji's been really great. And I've been very fortunate. I think that's what's helped get us through some rough times. So A, he shows me he loves me because he hugs and kisses me a lot. And I think there's a 13-year-old in me that always just wanted to have that boyfriend that like came up and hugged you from behind like randomly. Just like gave you a squeeze and let you know that they loved you. I always wanted that. And like Kenji does that for me. And then when we fight, sometimes we need to take our timeouts away from each other. Like, we'll literally just be in other rooms, but he'll come back and hug me a lot. Like, you've just tackled me. Last time we fought, you just like, I was so mad at you. I didn't want to talk to you. And I think I was, like, sitting here going through, like, my receipts and my bills. And you just came up and, like, hugged me. And that was lovely. You're welcome. (laughs) See, I just perpetuate fights so that we can just hug it out. So that's what it is. Yep. You're Total welcome. horrific Premeditated arguments. <sighs> the cortisol level's going up. Cortisone? No. Cortisol. <laughs> what are cortisone? You- I'm, I'm healing. Wait, cortisone cream is for itching, right? Yes. Oh. And so I'm like an itch. It has. It's anti Anyway. Creating itchiness. You're a rash. <laughs> rash. <laughs> what are you? 
But anyways, what are your thoughts on the physical touch aspect? Yes. I'm very, we're kind of gross. Like, and you joked about it. You're like, I don't like PDA. Yeah. PDA is disgusting. Keep it to yourself. You're the perpetuator. No, I'm not. You perpetuate it way more when we're in public. Really? Yeah. You do a lot. Okay. Well, well PDA anyways. counts as like holding hands and stuff too. Oh, yeah. No, I think holding hands is fine. There's an Instagram for uh, the university I went to, Brigham Young University. There is a BYU PDA Instagram account where people just take pictures of people being gross. Like, it's pretty bad. Some people that were brought up in my faith are, you know, homeschooled or just sheltered and aren't taught things that people should know about how to behave in public. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so fascinating. (laughs) It is literally like a Discovery Channel special on human PDA in the grossest of ways. I don't know if I want to look at that. Oh, man. Don't show it it to me. I just want to see what it is. I want to see if it's still in existence. Well, yeah. But I've learned that more and more as a person, I do appreciate hugs. I've always been a huggy person. Oh, no. This one's not good. And there's only four posts. What happened to the... I've been a very affectionate person since forever, and I thank my mom for that. She always showered me with lots of hugs, so as dysfunctional as our family got, she was always there to, like, hug me and tell me she loved me. And it, it gave me a lot of um, warm, fuzzy feelings. And I appreciate that. So I thank you for just holding my hand, Kenji. And I do that for you, too. Oh, dear God. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's no! in the hallway of, like, the student union, like, the student center. No! They're on each other's laps. But their faces are in each other's crotches, laying on like a public bench. That is disgusting. It's because you can't be in each other's bedrooms. Oh, that's true. But that's so bad. So you have to be in public. So as long as if you're comfortable doing it in public, you're good. Interesting. (coughs) Any final thoughts on physical touch? Mind you, I want to say that quality time and access service and words of affirmation do matter so you can't get away with everything just by hugging me but it it is pretty effective (laughs) any thoughts on it did you just get like one question yeah and then i have other questions from email okay but any closing thoughts on physical touch are you glad that i hug you (laughs) yes can you such a cuddler anyways (laughs) why be open about it it's a sweet it's a sweet um be open about open to (laughs) Cuddles? Yes. I'm a poly cuddler. You give like a free hug shirt. And no, I'll be thanks. Like, no, That's, I need antibacterial. Yeah. Also, be careful about physical touch because a lot of people don't like it. And, I, and I, I'm and i a very big hugger, affectionate person, but I don't like it from everybody. Yeah, what did the I boundaries. just read the other day about boundaries. Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Not forcing kids to hug people? Oh. Yeah. So was if I back say if no, I asked say your no. nephew and niece to hug me? No, because they, they're fine. But they're just saying if your kids don't want to hug certain adults, don't force them to give hugs. True. That will yeah. be our next episode of Physical Touch Boundaries. But I'm glad we align on that. I think it's helped get us through some tough stuff just for me to get a hug from you. Um, and for you to hold my hand, too. And when you don't, it really hurts. <laughs> I'm like, you ice queen king. <laughs> I just got you. I'm a queen. <laughs> Anyway, um, so, okay, this in this exceptionally long episode, we have a couple questions from audience people. Um, I got a question. It's just, what is your go-to date night dish for some for someone special? Huh. No, I, I haven't. 
We do date, date night dish. a lot because we're cooking together a lot. Yeah, butter chicken and naan. That's good. And it lasts a long time. We still have butter chicken in the fridge we should probably throw out. We do? Yeah, it's in that Tupperware thing. That <gasps> Tupperware thing. It's just no. the oh, that was pre-Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that needs to go. That's Kenji's uh, date night dish for well, I like it because it's good and it's he- uh, kind of healthy. I make it healthier because yeah. I reduce the dairy. Now, that's Kenji's. Kenji's um, very good at baking things with, like, bread. He makes really good garlic naan. So I make the chicken. We make it together. What if you were to just make me food? It would be butter chicken? I don't know. I don't I don't have a variety of things I can cook. I can just cook you a do. couple things well. Okonomiyaki. You made that for me. That was good. That was really good. My date night dish for someone special. Basically Asian food. Yeah. South Asian, East Asian. It's not that elegant. Like I was like, I would make a no, really good No, but it tastes good. I know. Like I've made I make really good kimchi jjigae. <laughs> I make good kimchi fried rice. I would cook like a steak too. Yeah, we like sous vide things. And you like sous vide things. I like ingesting the things that you <laughs> sous vide. I have not personally sous vide anything. But he gets fancy, again, with his gadgets and stuff. Um, but date night dish, yeah. I would probably do like a steak. Or you like make good cream. salads. I do. And I make the dressings and stuff from scratch as well. A lot. Not all the time. But, yeah, I'm very like, maybe I'm like your dad. I'm very all-American. Um, okay, my friend James also sent questions about working together because he had a lot of questions of like, apparently to some people we come off as a power couple. And I was like, say what? Uh, but he was just curious how we how we operate. Those people just don't know us. <laughs> They're getting to know us from this episode. Um, so like asking questions about how we work together. We can also a- answer this. He's a friend, so I can answer these more directly. But um one question I think is interesting is, like, if you're both working together often, do you create boundaries to separate your relationship from your work? No, we don't. We just work when we work, and we don't when we don't. True. I mean, do you think it would be good to do that? No. Why? Because our work isn't, like, a 9 to 5. We like, we'll get emails or different things at random times of the day. So if we're, like, you know, sometimes during the day we're free, and we can go, like, run errands or go for a walk or go eat yuchun. so like i feel as long as our balance is good we're fine i think it's good to check in on that though because now our worlds are changing like since we first started dating we're really so for background for people who don't understand like how kenji and i work together i'm an actor and a producer and i'm also like starting to write things i want to develop shows and kenji's a filmmaker too so he's been working on a documentary for a number of years and i came on board as a producer so as a producer, I was helping fundraise and handle different relationships. I was kind of like a middle person to help navigate conversations that kind of could get really sensitive and touchy. Um, so that's been going on for a couple of years. And so, yeah, I mean, we've had and a it's pretty, not like a full-time job. That's yeah. the thing. We're not like running a business together. Right. I think if we were doing that, it'd be important. But you work on a bunch of different things besides producing my film and producing my film takes such a small part of your overall day now. I right. think before it took a lot more. Yeah. But now not so much. And I, I'm not working on it day to day. I have a couple other things that I'm trying to figure out. So it's yeah, very I, minimal. I think we've had a really... But even when we're working a lot on it, it was it's like the type of work that I would do for 
no money. Well, I was literally doing it for no money. So, but I appreciated that you said thank you to me when you yeah, would say well, like, "Cause you're doing it for no money too." Well, I'm and getting funding so that I can get paid. But it was also well, I also believe in your project. Yeah, so I'm same. Doing that. It can get, I'll say my perspective is it can get tricky because you're mixing business with pleasure. Like somebody that I'm romantically involved with, I'm clearly very heavily invested in. Mm -hmm. Um, But that could get kind of hard for me because I want to also be able to be objective. The thing is, you and I are both very opinionated when it comes to art and it comes to how things need to get done. I think we don't have problems being honest yeah like if i think something Taking you the do honesty. yeah something that you're doing i think is crap i'll tell you sometimes too harshly mm-hmm. and, and same same with me though i think you're a little bit too kind on complimenting things that aren't that great but i know that they're not great so it's okay there you go i have data to back up that the things i think are great are great you keep yeah but stuff. if Very- you ask a sample size of five people who don't have great taste then I just think very highly of my taste. I think creating boundaries though is important. And I think we haven't done it in like a huge magnanimous way, but I think we had to keep checking in because you and I had have talks when I was like, Hey, if you're going to give me critiques, I really respect and value Kenji's mind. I think he has a great eye. He's very talented, very detailed and very logical and has a lot of things that I don't, but his delivery needed work. Also, if I'm very specific with my critiques and what I don't like, it means that I'm nitpicky if I feel like someone has a good idea mm-hmm. and it should change in certain ways to be better optimized or whatever. Cause like, and then that means I care. Because if I don't care, I'll be like, oh, like it needs work. Or I'll be like, oh, like good you job. You just say that's nice. Like, yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah, good job. Like, hope your product Again, goes. Again, you're a really bad actor. So, well, like, this is what I was telling Kenji, like, calling out the fact that I don't think you're a good actor. I, so it reads, even when yeah, you're just like, okay, I think good. I used to be a lot better about it when, I used, to, when I used to care. <laughs> you don't put any effort. And now I'm like, Oh, like, I want to congratulate them on their effort. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know that I think the effort's good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, you know effort's lacking because you look at something and you're like, oh. Yeah. But like maybe it, that was that person's best effort. No, no. If I felt like it was their best effort, I'd I'd be like, way to go. I appreciate, th- I respect that you are authentic about that. You don't BS people. They're also a bad actors. So I was like, if you can, because people can be fragile, this is me being maybe overly accommodating. But for me, at least, again, not even other people, but for me, I was like, I needed something kinder from Kenji. Because I was like, you can tell me how to make something better, but if you're not going to care to work on the delivery of how you're going to tell your girlfriend and also like in this creative partnership that we have to better deliver something that I can then receive and incorporate. Because if you tell it to me in a way that I, this is why, like, what, how much do you care about, like, Yeah, my people skills water. can be um, improved upon. I think after going on a mission for two years and then doing summer cells for a few years and always being around people, I just stopped caring because I was just exhausted. And now I need to, like, build back that tolerance. Because yeah. I remember, like, first year doing summer cells back from the mission, I'd be like, oh, you know, if I were manager or I were this, I'd do it differently. And I would do this, but this, this. And then this last time we went to New York and did summer cells, mm-hmm. I like negated all those things that I used to think about. Cause I was just like, ah, oh, it's not important. And I'm like, oh, it is important. I used to think this was important. And then you helped me re- re-remember that. Yeah. And my brother. Getting in a fight with you. Yeah. Cause I, I wasn't was a, a good, patch. yeah, I wasn't being really great. 
And that's, I guess, yeah, just different standards of when you work with somebody that you're dating or with anybody in general, it's hard to vocalize those things or to interpret what's worth your effort. But to me, because we're dating, because I care about you and I'm around you all the time and it is extra layers of investment. Yeah, I am going to go the extra mile to like be like, hey, I need you to speak a little kinder to me. Mm -hmm. I even gave him tips on like how to best like cushion a critique. Start by saying something positive and that mean it. Like, be sincere about it. And then, and then later. That drawing is terrible. Bless his heart. (laughs) That's not starting with the compliment. Oh, the the terrible thing was the compliment. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, next. But that's the boundary. Um, What it, when, if being in a relationship draws you away from your work, how do you handle this? It does. We, we know. No, we're always around each other. Us. Yeah. Though I will say, when I was in Hawaii. <laughs> no. Well, I was glad. To be honest, like, Kenji's <laughs> She's working. like, ah, got rid of him. No, okay. Having personal space, I think, is really important. And even when you, like, really like someone and love being around them, I don't know. For me, that's the way that you and I are different. Like, I can be a very independent bird. That's why my mom worried about me. Yeah, same. Because she's I like, like my space. Yeah. Then why do you, <laughs> though you, you seem, you make fun of me when I'm like, oh, I need like an hour or whatever, like just do my own thing. No, why do you think I'm always like, take your miracle morning? Because I'm a happier person when I do that. That, and I, I'm, I'm okay having my space for an hour too. Good. Because we used to do a lot of everything together. Yeah, we still do. But more, I say like I'm learning through us the problems that we had to solve the challenges of being around each other made me appreciate like I want to miss him and I want to be able to like even you being around me sometimes I'll think of like all the things you're you're gonna think about something I'm doing because I know how your brain works a lot better now and sometimes that adds a different layer of like oh I gotta get ready for a critique or he's Mm. gonna give me crap about this and not even from a bad way but that's just me kind of like ooh. So it can be a lot. That's boundaries. That's space. And like, that's taking time. But yeah. Next question. That's it. The other ones are really deep and I feel like it'll take up too much time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week on next week's podcast. I don't know. (laughs) Now you're closing out my podcast for me. Yeah. Do you have a critique on that? (laughs) Thank you for your music, Izuhan. Yeah. And I noticed that switched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to. So I actually listened to your podcast. You always listen to my podcast. <laughs> no, I took a break for a little bit because you couldn't stand me. No, no, <laughs> it's because I was listening to Tim Ferriss. I'm listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss. He listens to a lot of everything. Also, now I, I do. I never listen to podcasts until I started listening to yours. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yours was the first podcast I've ever subscribed to. What? And then, um, <gasps> and then I started listening to other podcasts. I don't know whether to be. I would listen to like radio shows, mm-hmm. but NPR. I would only yeah I'd listen to NPR. Yeah, but only when I was driving and commuting. But I'm your first subscription. <laughs> I'm so touched. Is that an act of service? What is that? <laughs> You're welcome. That's a subscription of affirmation. Thank you, my love. Um, any closing thoughts before we leave this discussion about? I have to use the bathroom really bad. Okay, is that why you're shaking your foot? Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for taking the time to talk. Well, you just drink a whole thing of tea, so it makes sense. Yeah. But thank you, and I'm proud of how much we've grown and how honest you are with me. And it's just going to, we're going to devolve. It's going to become like the Casey and Candace show. (laughs) That's not even a thing anymore. I I know. It's not going to devolve. We're going to evolve, and we're going to continue to grow as people. 
And I appreciate that. Um, yes. Kenji, you go to the bathroom. I'll close this out. <laughs> or do you want me to just do it with you Just here? go ahead. Okay. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe. And uh, thank you to Marvin Yui, my producer. And thank you to Aquafina and Uzan for the use of their music for Yellow Ranger and for Uzu Trap for the intro and outro. I love you both. Um, if you're in L.A. this weekend, I've been working very hard on Collaboration Starts, our closing showcase and celebration at Cafe Club Fado Do in Los Angeles, Saturday, December 7th. So I will see you there. I'm co-hosting with Dumbfounded. That's going to be great. Um, and if you thought that this was an entertaining and insightful podcast, please share it with a friend. And yeah, you can hit me up at firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Minjeezy. Um, I do have a First of All podcast Instagram that I don't ever update and Kenji gives me grief about because I need to do that. But in any case, I hope that you are well and thriving and that your relationships do well and continuing to grow and evolve for the best. I love you, and I'll talk to you guys later. Say bye, Kenji. Also, check out Minji's Patreon page. Oh, yeah. See if I skip it here, I include it in the intro. Okay. Yes. Well, but you can also check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash first of all podcast, if you want to become a supporter of this podcast. So. Oh, and I also forgot. <laughs> you can find, first of all, at Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, and everywhere else you find podcasts. I'm just all discombobulated here. Bye. Bye. In 88 with a dream also oh bright-eyed. They knew right away, sick of swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting the teeth on the move. Nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget at the Golden Arch. Super size number two. Cash. Way that the world ain't budging. Gotta make a power move. Hey, deep in the darkest dungeons. I'm thinking of my own rule. Hey, hey, hands on the plow. Hands on the plow. Yeah. Keep my head down. Keep my head down. Yeah. Sweat on my brow. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Hey, my dudes now. Hi, this is Taz. And this is Zara. And we are the Good Muslim, Bad Muslim podcast. It is a show about being two Muslim women in America. We talk about pop culture, the pork lobby, periods. And we talk about Islamophobia, patriarchy, and smashing white supremacy. It's a range. Download the Good Muslim, Bad Muslim podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Or at goodmuslimbadmuslim.com.